artists have different incarnations in their lives and some of us are lucky of us to lucky enough to survive them um at some point in my career when i started we didn't have um social media so it, it was a different ball game and i did what i thought you were supposed to do you know, I, I approached galleries and played the game, as I called it. And I always reflect back at that period as the least creative time in my life. And I was getting burned out on it. And all along that journey in Houston, Texas, I knew of the first Saturday arts market. But weirdly enough, I just never wandered over. And finally, when I'm feeling this, this feeling, I'm not happy with my artistic career. I'm also transitioning from photography to painting. And so I wandered over and I saw a lot of my friends there. Um, one of them, which is Mitch, who, who ran First Saturday Arts Market, still runs it. And I thought that looks like so much fun. That reminds me of when I first got into all of this and I did do parking lot shows and, and I loved it. And that's what fueled my career. And so I, it started another leg of my career. And I think people thought I'd lost my mind <laughs> as a, but it was just so much fun and um, my career grew because of it. At some point, I did first Saturday, I was popping up aggressively, but after a while it was the only thing I did and it got me to where I had my own studio, like freestanding studio. And I was always appreciative of that opportunity. And I'm even more appreciative that Mitch is here to talk to me today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And thanks for the uh, kudos there. I have to tell yeah. you that I was, I was really surprised that when you showed up as a painter, because I knew you're a <laughs> phenomenal photographer and I was thinking that you were going to come come to the market as, you know, with photography, but you were like, Oh no, you had crazy paintings. They were fun. <laughs> kind of a primitive, I would call them, but I mean, they were great. They had character and they definitely uh, showed some talent that I was frankly surprised because I didn't know. How did you get that bug? Did, that, was the that bug? new at the time? Like to paint instead of a... Uh, I, I have always drawn. Um, I didn't touch paint too much. That was my sister's thing. But at that point... You know, I started in the dark room, so we made things with our hands, and that was the appeal of photography to me. When we became desk people, I started to um, get nauseated. <laughs> I hear you. It it wasn't the same, and so I needed to to connect to the creation again. And part of it was um, I collaborated with Shelley Shanks. 
and that's what triggered it. You hear my dog in the background. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's what triggered it, and that's um, that was that block of time where I just didn't want to do photographs anymore. I mean, I still do. I um, I use it to market myself. I use it to photograph my children. Occasionally, somebody will make me drag out the camera to do a gig, but um, I, I just, you know, I was sick of it. <laughs> you have to let me tell the audience what I remember when you arrived, and you were not <laughs> in familiar territory, I could tell. I don't remember all the details, but the one thing that stood oh. out was you came dressed. I mean, you were there for a show. So you had a suit, tie. I don't know if you had a tie, but you definitely had a jacket on. You always wore a jacket. Sometimes it had paint. And, I, and that's not a big deal, except that this is Houston. And some of those shows that you showed up to, you know, we reached temperatures of 85 degrees in the morning while we're setting up. And I was just watching him like, how is he doing this? It's like, I'm in shorts and a my fourth t-shirt, and it's not even nine o'clock in the morning yet. And you would go all day long. But well, I, to, it was to great. Me, it was a great look. And you pulled it off somehow. To me, that's marketing. Oh, yeah. I was the only person that did that. And in that respect, I would stand out in people's minds. Because it's that lunatic that was wearing a suit in 100 degree weather. Um, I was willing to make that sacrifice, to make that statement, to to get those fans. So <laughs> no, but you know, I was I I was there as an artist and I, for years until I moved here to North Texas. But I always admired what you put together, how thought out it was. Because I think, and you probably have seen this, people think they can just make a market and they flood it with artists and that's all it takes. But all you need all you need is a parking lot, right? Right. But <laughs> it was so thought out. It taught me a lot about selling my own work because you and, and I'm curious to pick your brain about that. You know, when you first started, how how conscious were you of that? Was it something that you evolved to? Because by the time I got to your market, it had some age to it. It well, definitely was. I was. It was. There was definitely a learning curve because when I started the market, I had no background other than going to the occasional church bazaar or. I used to the art festival, but you know, that was much bigger than what I was looking at doing. So I over planned and by over planning, I mean, I rented, I hired a company to install tents, big, huge tents. And the more artists that signed up, we just would add on 10 feet. And I'm, I might have, I think at one point I had 80 feet of tent or a hundred, maybe 160. It was crazy. I was paying $1,500 for one afternoon of, of uh, tent rentals. But I like planning that kind of thing and, you know, where to put the artist and make sure there's traffic flow. And I, I always love that kind of thing. 
But uh, what I really did that helped grow the market and help me plan out was I would ask your opinion. Like I into the show, I sent out an email, like what I do right, what I do wrong, be brutally honest. And I think I said that and man, that was a mistake, <laughs> but they, you know, if you tell somebody to be brutally honest, they're going to be honest, brutally honest. And some, some of those emails were pretty funny, but uh, I took the advice, you know, I, I just, Hey, this is, they're telling me that it should be like this. They have the experience. So I followed it, and then it was just, by the time you arrived, it was probably, I'm not sure when you started doing the market, but it was at least six years or seven years before you arrived that I had a chance to find yeah. you. And it's still a learning experience. I'm still changing, and this year has been especially entertaining as far as changing things up. And because. I wanted to have the market, but I also wanted to account for the fact that people are scared of crowds now. So how do I deal with that? But I have a, I have a much bigger parking lot. So we just, I said, everyone gets a corner. And I may be the first event coordinator to ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so capacity-wise, what are you seeing from the artists? Are you... Because when I was there, we now? were always, yeah. Well, before, in March, obviously March was the last show I did pre-COVID, and it was a very slow day, actually. That was the day after South by Southwest canceled, so things were already hitting the fan. It was a very slow market for a March, and that's all right. That was the 16th anniversary, so yeah. um, to have it slow then, but. So then we were out April and May. In June, we decided to come back. I asked the artist. They said, yes, we're ready. And I think I had 20. So we just spread out. Everyone got a corner and 10 feet between space, between booths, literally. Um, and since then, I've just, it's been kind of a rainy day crowd. Remember if we had a day where it rained and it was just light crowds, but the people that shop on a rainy day or when it's cold out, they're buying. I mean, they're there. Their intent is yeah. to buy art on a really beautiful day. And it's amazingly crowded. We're all excited, but a lot of those people are just checking us out, which is fine. I mean, they come back, but so we've had rainy day crowds since June. Oh. And the artists are now, I'm seeing more attendance uh, in two weeks on the 7th. November 7th, we'll have probably the first market since March where I have over 35. And I'm really having to spread people out for that one because it's I haven't had that many yet. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. But we're still we're keeping our distance. Um, what I've done is we have a big lot, parking lot. We moved. Um, you may not re you probably remember the parking lot next door. I think food trucks set up over there at the time on the other side of the Jin's Antique. Yes, yes. So we used to park there. Now that's where the market is. Get out. And so I have that whole So space. when you're at capacity, how many artists is that? Well, I try to keep it at 35 to 40. I mean, it's still a nice number. It works. Um, we can stay on one lot instead of spreading out. But now, of course, we all want the elbow room. 
So what I've done is, since I have all that room, I eliminated the center aisles. So when you walk in, it's a big U-shape. And no, you don't have to worry about anyone getting crowded or bumping into somebody. You can see them coming and stay out of the way. But uh, next, in two weeks, we're gonna, I'm going to add a center aisle, but it'll just be single file. That makes sense. So it'll still be 15 feet between booths, like as far as an aisle space goes. But we'll have uh, elbow room so people don't bump into each other, hopefully. So you talked about how you built First Saturday was listening to the consumer pretty much. That's both artist and client, right? Your shoppers and your artists. The patrons word is brutal. But yes, so I mean, are I, you, friends, friends and family, they definitely tell me what was going on. So now that there's this new adjustment after you spent all these years <laughs> polishing your product, are you doing the same? You're listening to the artist and patron? Well, to be honest, more so now than I did before or have been because... And it was mostly just, it's just common sense. I mean, it's a pandemic. We're told to wear masks outdoors if you can't social distance. So I'm just following what I know the public's going to want or expect. And in one of the inner city, everyone here is wearing masks everywhere. So but we don't really have to worry about that. But giving everyone the elbow room is a big deal. And to be honest, it looks better. The artists love all the extra room because they can move their – we were pretty crowded, like sardines in that little space with 40 people. So this is kind of nice. It's more like a big event but with a, with the extra space. Yeah. And I, I think I'll probably see what I can do to keep it that way. It's, it's great you're making it work. Um, I, I miss the market. I miss being there because it was uh, – I miss every first Saturday of the month being one of the first there with the early birds. <laughs> I still have you know. those. Yeah. Um, what, it, this is what I'm very curious about. What made you start an art market to begin with? Insanity. Well, at the time, at the, at the time, let's see, it was like 2003 and I was, part of an organization called Heights First Saturday and they were the ones who started the first Saturday of the month event in the Heights and I volunteered to help put artists in the area and actually they I kind of suggested it and then I asked them how it was going and they said well tell us you volunteered and I'm like I did <laughs> so I put my foot in it but so I had we placed artists all around the neighborhood and that went pretty well for a little while and um, at some point I, th I think I had different conversations with people about why don't you just have a festival or a market all in one place or I'm not sure we called it market but I pitched the idea to the group and they said no they said that's going to take business away from us we want the artists in our stores I'm like well we can still do both not everyone's going to want to be outside they were here nothing so I called Martin Kaplan. He owned Kaplan's Ben-Hur. It was a big department store on the neighborhood at the time. And he was part of the group. He was one of the 
founders and all I did was say, Hey Martin, I was wondering if I could. Yes. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, but yes. And I said, um, so should I just come over when you get it, when you have a minute, we'll talk about it. Okay. So I started the market and I did some research and I think that's it. I had two months to plan ahead. And, uh, I knew what I wanted. And I had the input I got was like, you need flowers. So I got, I called it the flower market, flower and arts and flower market. And then, uh, I tried to get food that didn't work out too well at the beginning because we didn't have food trucks back then. And I know that's a hard thing to imagine now, right? No food yeah. trucks. We had, well, there was a time when they weren't cool. Well, we had roach coaches. That's what we called them. They were all the construction sites. Anyway, uh, so it was it was fun. That's how I got started, and um, I think that pretty first much community service. You were volunteering it, in your own community, and it turned into this thing. It did, and actually, uh, I I continued my volunteer work with the Heights for Saturday group. You know, putting a harness in the storefronts as long as uh, I think we did it for a few more years, but. The market was my business, and I, I expected it to last one year, maybe that summer, because it was so hot. I mean, it was like 100 and, 105 degrees that summer, and I had big men there, and they were f passing out. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I met Martin. Martin DeVore. <laughs> Hello, Martin. We know you're watching. He's clinging Bumble on to door. every word. He's taking notes. <laughs> He's waiting for me to call you the uh, Russian something. I forget the famed what. Famed Russian. That's that, is, that is where we got our names. The Overlord and the famed Russian. But, uh, <laughs> that's funny. So, uh, but, okay, so first Saturday, it created other things. And is that, is that more insanity? Or do you feel like you keep getting pushed into these uh, situations where you make something like White Linen Night? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, White Linen Night was part of Heights First Saturday. And then uh, at some point, it, it, it wasn't working out because it was under the nonprofit uh, association and they didn't want it anymore. So I ended up with that. But that's a whole other story. I did. Yeah. I mean, it was not even year you know the first year and i was, was getting offers to do events and i just jumped into them everything looked like a great idea and i always had the habit of saying yes <laughs> until it was too late <laughs> but you know and as an artist when you say yes to a project you know it's not going to be it's not usually huge and when you're putting on a festival or a market it's always a big deal there's so many different wheels turning and people to deal with. So I still say yes occasionally, but I know now what to look for where that's not going to work out. And I, I think more in terms of, um, I don't want to compete with myself, the art market. I want to make sure that the artists that follow me, because it's my word. And if they follow me to one of these events, it's got to benefit them as well. And so I'd say that, best that came out of it for me um as far as 
the market took care of me when things got rough. You know, I actually worked. I stopped working full time as a, you know, doing other jobs and things like that. And about 10 years ago. So it's worked out really well. Um, but at some yeah, I mean, point, it's become your career. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's more than that. I mean, I've got connections. It led me to writing. So mm -hmm. actually what it really started was, I don't remember when, maybe 2007 or eight, somebody suggested, why don't you get into marketing? Like, uh, marketing. It's like, like, I think at the time I was probably still printing posters and putting them up around the neighborhood. <laughs> But I followed the advice and I looked into it and uh, actually applied for a couple of positions at PR companies and one of the uh, referrals hired me. So I ended up being PR marketing kind of full time and the market was still my side gig. And uh, it's always been an interesting journey. I, yeah. I, I still take it on as a full time gig. It's, it's, and, I've hired somebody to help me out, Anna Guzman. Um, she's a phenomenal, uh, I call her the social media maven. Nice. She makes us look good. Awesome. Well, I'm going to backpedal a little here because we skipped over the part where you, you're an artist. Yes. Yeah. So how far back does that go? How long have you been uh, creating? I think I was born with a crayon in my hand. Well, mm -hmm. you know, as children, and you have yep. three now? Yes. I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> On video, it looks like 12. It feels right. like 20. So I've always been creative uh, and, you know, like kids, and I just never lost that bug. I was always doing something creative. Or, and uh, when I left college, do you know my background? Not at all. After all that, that time we hung out, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's about as uh, it's a roller coaster ride also. So I left college. I answered an ad in the newspaper for a sign painter, and it was a billboard company. And I literally, like, I got the job. And I was like, which end of the brush do I hold up, you know, like, <laughs> I was, I was actually studying art in school, but I had no concept of what they did with these billboards. And they were painted. I was like, wow, this is great. I thought it was all paper. So they, I learned how to paint full time. I mean, I learned how to paint with oil paints. I could do pictorials. I did cars. I mean, everything. It was all the oil paints. It was, I, was, I couldn't believe it. And I did that for about five years. And in the five years, I advanced from not knowing which end of the brush to hold up to um, being a senior, I don't know what they call this, a journeyman, a senior journeyman sign painter. I was in the union too, which is scary. But uh, I think it's gone now. That whole industry has changed. But that transitioned into faux painting or decorative painting. And I, waited, I had some odd jobs when I left sign painting and uh, – but that was 15 years, I think, yeah. And I was married at the time, and my wife was uh, creative also, so we did the decorative painting business together and then started the art market together. But 
the decorative painting is what I was doing when I started the art market. And from there, I uh, can, that basically bankrolled it for the first few years in a way. Because I, I put all the money into the back into the market that, that came in. Yeah. So you, you started it. Did you envision it becoming what it became or has become? No. I did have... I did kind of have had a slogan or motto, and it was like, what was that? Um, something along the lines of creating a place where artists can uh, meet their customers in a festive atmosphere. Basically, describing an art festival, but um, you know, one on one. Because I know at the time. There was all these pop-up galleries and co-op galleries and um, the real galleries. Well, I mean, say real, like the galleries represented a handful of artists. You know, there was a long line to get in. And most of them really only talked to established artists who were outside of Houston. You know, us, small potatoes, they didn't want to talk to local artists, especially if you're an emerging artist or you don't have a client base. So I was, I was in the right place at the right time when the market started. So whether or not I had a real vision for it, it the artists showed up and people were buying and it, it got, it got popular. It what you're describing there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing you're describing about galleries and local artists is what I'm talking about where I was when I came to the market. Something didn't seem right about that. <laughs> the game I was having to play, and right, I just I hated it. It. The thing was... is, it's changing. Our computers, the fact we're doing this podcast, has changed the game for artists. And I think about when I started, and you're fed this dream. The dream has changed. Because you can be in your grandma's basement and make it as an artist. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it, it, at the time, at the time when I was when I started the market, I was also playing the game. I had I didn't think of it that way. It was fun because I was actually trying to. I was painting, and we were trying to get our artwork out into the world also. And we just did anything that came up. I mean, the, the art league had shows. We attended there. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure I did any markets or any place where you need a tent. But I set up in bars a lot, uh, restaurants, um, small spaces, studio spaces. And at the same time, I don't know if you were in Houston or in this art scene in 2003, four, and five, but you were. Yeah. So. There were studios all around Houston. I remember one, a couple of them downtown that were these old derelict looking buildings that had no air conditioning and they were like eight to 15 floors. I don't think it was that tall, but um, at least eight floors, all artists. I mean, throughout the whole building, no AC. Was that Francisco and, Studios? Yes. Yeah. It was dangerous. We loved it. <laughs> there was a 
course, Seesaw back then was pretty raw. Yeah. Um, that's funny. It's funny to think back to that era. So I was, I was, if you look back on it now, I mean, you had, uh, the art crawl had started out a few years before in the 90s in the arts district around downtown, north downtown Houston. And then, I, I'm not sure when, but maybe about the same time, artists were in Winter Street Studios. And one of the artists, that's when John Deal hooked up with um, Avenue CDC Corporation and turned Winter Street because he purchased it. And someone said, hey, you need to keep this in art studio. It's going to be a big thing. And so Winter Street started about the same time, I think in 2005. And at least with uh, John Deal and his company. So it's, yeah. it's kind of fun to like, see all, all these different um, groups in Houston grow with, you know, parallel. I had the art market going, then there's all the studios, and now they're, it's huge. There must be yeah. eight buildings over there now. I'm going to backtrack again. Let's go back to your art. How much do you actively create That's embarrassing. <laughs> a lot of what I do now is writing, but uh, I have been painting a little bit the last few months. I mean, we're locked in, can't go anywhere, nothing's open except for the grocery yeah. store. And, you know, I mean, it's, anyway, so I have done a couple of things, but not enough. I go in spurts, like nothing for a long time, and all of a sudden I'll knock out several. I'm not nearly as prolific as you. I mean, you, your tenacity and persistence in painting is admirable. And uh, I, I've thought to myself on many occasions, like, you need to just let go and do it like Sergio. I mean, he says it all the time. You need to just don't even think about it. Just paint it. And uh, It's true. Um, but do you think, I mean, because you're a busy dude. Do you think that makes that part of you take a back seat? It has. But also, I was never a full-time painter on campus. I mean, mm -hmm. I've always been artistic. And until I started painting billboards, I was, you know, my main focus was on cartoons. I actually had a cartoon strip at uh, U of H. That was fun. But nice. <laughs> I have, a, I have a strange portfolio, but uh, so when I was, when I started the art market where I was actually doing a lot of painting and for those first few years, I, I kept going, but um, I'm just sporadic. Yeah. I do have a few things in the works now that uh, I can't show you today, but uh, maybe we can get, come back together in this virtual world and I'll show you what I've been up to. For sure. How important is that part of you to you? Because to me, yeah, I am prolific, but it's like breathing. If I don't do it, it's like I didn't take my vitamins. Right. Well, I know in the creative process, it's always been about how it makes me feel versus making money at it. I've just never, except for when I had jobs where I was painting I was working for the people like you know I did some really elaborate things 
as a decorative painter, but uh, I didn't consider it my art. It was on somebody's walls, you know. But uh, when I do paint, I get into it. You know, you know how it is. You're in the zone, and everything else goes away, and it it just it feels great. And I just need to remember that when I'm like procrastinating on starting or finishing something. But so it, it is. And if, if things are really crazy or stressful, um, I'll pick up a brush. I'll, I'll paint anything. I'll just paint canvas, for, you know, wide it out if I have to. But I always thought you were the kindest person for many reasons. But I would go over to your house and uh, you'd go upstairs for something and you'd come back and I was painting on your stuff. <laughs> Actually, that painting is right there. You One of them. You never yelled at me or anything. And Let me show the audience what you're talking. About. <laughs> well, it happened a few times. Like anytime I would come over, I'd just start painting on your stuff, like it was my studio. And um, <laughs> so this is a this is a uh, unintentional uh, collaboration <laughs> between three people. Let's see if I can. Oh, wow, you have that. <laughs> so, initially, nice. Lacey Crawford gave me the can Lacey Crawford gave me the canvas and it you can see you can see some of the designs behind it. And she's like, <laughs> "Just paint over it, do whatever you want with it." And so I'm like, "I did a nude." I don't know why I did a nude, but I she's wearing a towel. Anyway, I didn't like it that much and I had it downstairs that first visit. And you put your signature on it, and I like it better now, so I kept it. Hey, man, that's great. That's so funny. <laughs> so I, I had it. Actually, I think I hung it up in uh, Public House Heights. I remember that. And, uh, yeah. But I have it hanging up in my house now. I had to bring it down for, for this, but. That's you, funny. I don't, <laughs> I have a cup. I had a self-portrait also that was really. It was probably 10 years, 15 years old. You painted that too. Just a oh, little yeah. bit. Nice. I don't it, remember it, that. It has, <laughs> it has, it has your signature fingerprints on it. Maybe a hand. <laughs> oh, <man>. Cherished. It's <laughs> good, good, good times. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure Lacey ever saw this, what, what we did to her canvas. She's missing out. But if you're wondering, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so what? Sawyer Yards, is that another thing you're doing? So, so you started about, another market. It, What's wrong with you? I think they tricked <laughs> me into it. To be honest, to be honest, I really yeah. think I was tricked into it. So I, I ended up I think it was about 2015. I went to Eugene, Oregon, and uh, Eugene has the Eugene Saturday Market. It's the oldest market in the United States, continuously running. It's wow. weekly, and I was blown away. I mean, this thing is like – I'm not sure how it's running right now. Actually, they usually go indoors for the winter, but during the year, it's, op it's on two big city blocks, and they host 300 people. And there's a farmer's market and it's, and it's a maker is the seller. So the maker is the seller. 
which means as long as you make more than 50% of what you're selling, you can sell it there. But they also have arts and crafts, artisan uh, pottery and uh, fiber arts and fine art a little bit. I was like, this is great. So I'm at Sawyer Yards and I'm, I'm pitching this market idea after I, th I was trying to steer them away from something else, I think. And uh, they're like, yep, sounds good. It's like, yeah, but it was the same conversation I had with Martin Kaplan, you know, years before. It was like, yes, do it. And I, you know, every time I asked a question, it's like, just do it. So we started and it's a artisan craft curated um, and heavy emphasis on foods. So cottage foods now, the, the laws changed in Texas where if you cook, bake cookies in your kitchen, you can come sell them at the art market. It's kind of cool. Nice. It's opened up a lot of doors for people that, especially now. Um, so the market's got a, a whole different vibe because right, I, I don't want to compete with the studio artists. So it's, it's much more uh, folk art. It's, I'm trying to bring in more folk art. I like outsider art, like outsider artists like you and Dean, you know, Dean Snyder, for those listening, not knowing who I'm talking about. Yeah. That's him behind me. Um, and it's, it's coming around. It's taking some time. There, we kind of took a big hit over there this summer with uh, COVID. It, we Definitely did not get the momentum that uh, First Saturday had. But it's bouncing back now. Actually, that's not true. The night markets that we did at Story Yards were phenomenal. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Holler Brewing Company was open. And there's a Buffalo Brewery now around the corner. And they also have an uh, outdoor movie theater that um, they project on the silo. So on the other side of where we are, there's a movie going on. Kind of yeah. crazy. So, obviously, you're out doing the markets and stuff, but your day-to-day -day life, are you staying in or? No, I go out. I mean. You get about. I'm actually, most of the time I'm in front of this screen. Zoom, I'm working yeah. on the market. <laughs> um, but the downtime I've had, I've done a lot of cleaning up. Wow. You know, like, I have a lot of stuff. I know. And actually, the stuff I have <laughs> is in a storage unit where the end of the, you know what it is, the end of the market day, you know, you, you put it off to tomorrow, right? But <laughs> I can't do that. I have, like, a storage unit. I have to un unload my truck. And uh, I usually just forget about it to the next market. And then so that it kind of adds up. Right. So I took this as the... The 20, 2020 has given me time to answer that uh, I'll get to it someday list. <laughs> and I've been slowly moving stuff out, and it's it's been pretty therapeutic. Okay. But day to day, so I write a newspaper column for the leader. So I usually have, uh, it's not, not huge, but um, I, I write that. I also write a, a uh, cultural arts piece in a local magazine called the Heights Pages. Do you remember that? Yeah. Pretty much just local to the Heights, but um, it's pretty big. I'm thinking back to um, 
art valet. That was you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the that's what I call the um, the column. Yeah. And the, the leader in the leader newspaper. I guess that's what it's. Yeah. Okay. I think I had I hadn't thought about it in a while. I just remember um, seeing these pieces float around. You, I had I had two names that I used. So it was you writing those. Well, because it was like well, a secret, what a secret you re- person what, going around. No. <laughs> what you remember first was I had, I used the name Artist at Large. Okay. And uh, that was the, that's the mailing list that I still maintain on Google, I think. It's just a mailing list. A call for art. Actually, it's, it's kind of grown to like a thousand people, I think. I'm not sure who they are, but they keep signing up. Anyway, uh, this is email? Yes. So, so you, you still people, hit the email list. Yeah. I'm not sure if anyone's reading them, but I send them out. I send something out once in a while. Yeah. But what you remember is Art Valet was in 2005, I started the website, artvalet.com. And it was kind of a, a, a artsy side of the art market at the time where I invited artists to set, you know, create a profile page on the site. And then Martin... Martin DeVore had his column that he wrote. Uh, Martinizing. What did he call it? Oh, the Tribe Report. Yes. There That's was the Tribe calls- Report, but then there was... Uh, they were anonymous, I think, but they would go to the shows all in one night and write about that. That was that was somebody else that wrote a column called Any Free Wine. Yes. And I think... <laughs> I think it was well known who she was eventually. I can say her name. Michael can... Ann Boleyn. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't know who it was. So for the audience here, you know, at the time there were these there were art shows everywhere. In the studio spaces and bars, um, restaurants. Like like every week, several of them. So Martin DeVore wrote about them. What's coming up? The tri- what's going on in the tribes all over Houston, and then Michael Ann would go to the shows like we all did, and it was a humorous take on you know the wine. Was it any good? <laughs> did anyone get drunk? <laughs> because a it lot was of those, great. Yeah, we were crazy. We had it, a good it time. Was better than going to the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just reading read, that. Read, love... read about it the next day. Yeah. So that was That's fun. Martin, Martin had the the gossip column end of it, and then the mm. crime report later. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that's funny stuff. So, Bayou City Art Festival. Were you on the board for that, or I still your, am. You are. So that Insanity. that came about. <laughs> what? Insanity. Just well, keep piling it up, Mitch. What is wrong with you? It's not like I'm working for them. It's uh, you know, we go, to, we have a meeting. It's fun though. It's still work. Uh, you know, I'm on a board here, and you know, it um, you don't take that type of thing lightly. You still, you're still doing stuff. You're still contributing, especially when you have all these other projects. <laughs> <laughs> so what's in the future? 
what else are you going to create? What you-, you know, it, like a lot of people, like I keep saying my uh, I'll get to it one day list is what I've been working on. But it's, it's certainly given me time to think about what I do want to do because, you know, I had like four months off, like, well, three months off from the art markets. It was like, this is great. I haven't had a break in 16 years. Like, to me, a break during the calendar year is like right now I've got five weeks between markets. So I'm like, woo, I've got all these extra Saturdays. But personally, I do, I do want to get back into painting a lot more and turn that back into my primary uh, income and I miss it. That needs to be, that needs to be my focus. That's awesome. Well, I mean, do you feel like that's why you started stuff? Not, well, actually it it was one of the reasons I started the market. Yeah. Way back when I was, it was like, there's no place to show our art and sell it. Let's just do something. And then I remember having artwork there at the market. It was like, I don't have time for that, man. I got, I got to get the trash out. I've got to organize these artists. And someone got a flat tire. I, I'm just running around like a crazy man. It's funny because, well, I moved to this part of North Texas and um, not knowing a soul. But like I said, being in the art market, watching you, just watching you, the way you um, treated people, you always listened, um, everything was so thoughtful. It actually helped me stay alive out here where I knew no no one. (laughs) And um, so yeah, at this point, um, I don't know how much you know about what I'm doing now, but you know, I obviously still make a ton of art. I sell it, but I also work with a nonprofit and um, actually live right down the street from our one of our locations. But we've put on a few markets and, you know, yeah, I, I put my art there. But the more we did them, the more I was helping to organize them, um, I feel what you're saying. It's like, I had my booth there and people were like, just selling things. I'm like, I didn't have time. I was talking to people, you know, this, I kept... this, is how, this is how it is for me. Here's my to-do list for the day. You know, it's like several pages, like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> but it, I always am amazed at how much more there is to do that. Then, you know, you go in in the morning, like I got this. And then it's like one o'clock and I'm still like, I think I'm done. And then you start packing up. <laughs> yeah. I, it's all, it's all it's work. fun though. But my favorite, well, but my focus, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, I don't think about that, but my focus is really to make sure that when you get there, no matter what level of artist you are or whatever, like my job is to make sure that you can connect to the public. I don't want you to have any issues, you know, outside of, your walls. I mean, it should be smooth. I so think that, anyone, that's my focus. Yeah. No, I think anyone that has been through your markets feels that I am, um, because that's not 
the case everywhere. It's very almost, I would say it's rare that an entity that's running something is actually taking care of the artists. We're very... I am one. Right. Well, and sometimes they are run by other artists, but they still don't take care of their own. And that to me is like unforgivable. <laughs> I think, I think the, the, the markets and shows that I am uh, associated with or that I've visited or see, and if you look or if you have a chance to find out, you, the people who start them, and this is my case, we had a vision bigger than ourselves. I mean, I don't want to sound too philosophical about it, but I was not thinking about myself when I started the market. I was thinking about a market. I wanted, I could see it. I could see the tents and the people coming and going and all the exhibitors um, selling their work. And that was my goal. That's what I want. I had an end game and that was it. No matter what, I had to see that happen. And I was, I was doing fine at the time. So I wasn't too concerned about making money. Um, just just breaking even, which turned out not to be the best way to start a business, but it, it worked out eventually. But you can yeah. see that when you go to places that if somebody loves what they do, it's in everything. And I think, I mean, I don't have anything but a parking lot and tent, so it obviously translates through the artists themselves, which is great. That's my goal. Well, I keep you guys happy, I'll be successful too. Well, the one of the biggest lessons to me was how much of an entertainment business the arts is. Yes, it's about our creation, but then the second stage of that is those patrons that are coming to see us need to be entertained and they need to be entertained properly. I always and this is a pet peeve when I go to a market and the music's too loud. Oh, yeah. And you're um, there as a vendor trying to yell at somebody how meaningful this piece behind me is. It's about my grandfather who died. And, yeah. uh, you, know, and you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know I'm keeping notes on the side. This is one of the things I'm working on that I'm comfortable talking about. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a few secret projects I'm working on, kind of. <laughs> uh, no, for real. But uh, one, yeah, I, keep notes, I keep notes, and I've got some crazy stories, you know, doing these markets. I'm sure, you know, there's a, there's a website, a Facebook <laughs> group called... Now I'm scared. <laughs> there's a Facebook group <laughs> called Shit Overheard, the festival or something like that. Yeah. And, it hasn't been that active this year, but I mean, it's everything people you people ask you at a show. Like, you know, <laughs> did you paint that? And you're sitting in your tent painting, you know. My friend, my three year old can do that. My <laughs> artist here, we have um, an artist bingo card of things yes. that we'll get asked, and it's a, it's become a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Uh, man. Excuse me, that could be a really la fun show, huh? You know, there's we've had bingo games. I see. Well, because you know, uh, we have the Facebook group for the artists, and I see them post the uh, the cards for all the big shows. But they probably get quite a few scores uh, at my market, also. 
Yeah. It's <laughs> it's fun. We have some characters. I'm not sure what it is, but at events, people like to just dress up or do something wacky. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, as I said, it's entertainment. This is time out. And what I liked about First Saturday is that it was time out for the artists, too. I looked forward to that time. Um, most markets, I, I do not. I'm doing them because I need to get out there. But I know, um, like, one thing for sure is no one, no artist was left on the ground ever. <laughs> and oh, I just, my place? Yeah. Yeah. You were the last one out of there. <laughs> I am the captain. Yeah. Uh, well, as it should be. You know, you, you brought these people in. You're responsible. And it's, people don't always take that responsibility. So, so kudos. I just came here to brag on you because uh, you're you were an important part of my art career and um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And, now, well, I don't know for what, but on that note, <laughs> what, one of the uh, vandalizing your work. <laughs> one of the strange bonuses of being in the art world in my position is sometimes artists forget to take their work home. <laughs> Dude, where'd you get that? <laughs> you left it at one of the art markets, and I kept it. Really? I, I don't think you paid that day or something, so you said this was going to be your payment, so I kept it. Okay. And? And I'm sorry about that. Yeah, when I left, it was, it was weird times. I was it, not um, it, doing the best about, financially. Something about drinking on the back. Oh, it says uh, the first time ever I saw her face. That's typically how I met... <laughs> <laughs> women back then <laughs> what a great memory I can't believe you remember the title there's a date back here do you want it or is that not a good idea no go for it April 2018 oh sorry 2014 yeah man <laughs> there's a price also I got a deal okay cool do you want to see another one well, dude, I, as long as we're square, you got more. Go for it. Uh, so to describe what um, Mitch showed there, it's uh, a woman and she's drinking a, a beer. And the piece is called The First Time Ever I Saw Her Face. How romantic. <laughs> Not the face that everyone needs to see. It's these pants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she's... She's like a punk prep. I remember that girl. It's awesome. That's good. you remember this one? Well, that one, I, I do remember. And I love that you have that one. That's actually... Um, see, I don't remember the title of that one. Uh, one Stormy Night. Okay. Or, so no, that, I'm sorry. On a Stormy Night. On a Stormy Night. But that's... I used to... Um, I used to call it drug fest, but there's this thing called Praia Urbana, and I was a photographer there. And for many years, I would, uh, it was like an EDM thing. And oh, yeah. that's one of those go-go girls. And I remember she had the big wig and the umbrella. 
So that's that's what that's from. I, that's cool. You have those. <laughs> I why well, I'm pretty sure I bought that one, but I think I think you, I used you traded I me for I my boot space. Used it in advertising. What? You traded me for my boot space on that one. Did I? I was happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do remember. I think I used it in advertising at some point. Awesome. Yeah, I'm still on the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> I looked actually before we uh, started this conversation, and the last market you attended was January, twenty sixteen. Yeah, a few days before I moved here. Wow! Really... Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think you packed up and left from the market to to drive out there. Pretty much. I knew I had one last go, so. Um, and then yeah, when I got here, you were talking before. You said you saw footage of me in a parking lot. And what happened is like, uh, I didn't know anyone here. So I went to a bar that was near the museums in Fort Worth, it's the grotto. And uh, I had my baby strapped to me. And I had one other artist that I'd met online. And we went in there, he was, he's in a wheelchair. So we roll in, baby strapped to me, guy in the wheelchair. And I asked the bartender, I'm like, hey, can we, put out a tent in front of your bar. <laughs> and that's how my career started here. So, <laughs> but we've it. evolved. We have a whole gallery to ourselves now. Um, 2,800 square feet. It's awesome. And then, but a lot of, especially uh, during this time, I'm really learning to move my work online. I keep, shipping it all over the u.s it's also helping my local sales too so it's it's pretty interesting i'm glad you have a social media person how savvy are you on that front like not i well i understand it mm -hmm. uh for my personal use and i totally get how it works for um business or art related but i don't have the patience and what I was really, what I really lacked was somebody at the market who could take pictures, post on the day of the event that were there. So she's been really good at that. Instagram uh, stories on Instagram and Facebook. You need to be and rattling at that camera. You especially have a lot of knowledge that if you want to share it, it'll help a lot of people. Um, well, actually, we've been talking about putting together something for artists specifically kind of combining our skill sets is that what you're talking about as far no i'm just talking about um i guess i've seen pictures but i've not seen like if you just talked at the camera while you were at the market or just had the artist rattle at the camera and it could be anything really as long as you're present it would entice people to get out there more. You know? I'll, I'll give it a go. Sergio Santos says to do it. I think I'll I'll try it. it it's um it's a living, man. <laughs> I find and I find it weird because it's funny because I think people think I just watch myself all the time, but I don't. I record the stuff and I never I pretend I never did it because it. This is very weird to me to be me. 
yeah, I don't, um, I don't love it, but I love the results that it gets. To me, it draws people my way, not just that are clients, but other artists I like, mm-hmm. other artists that are looking for, for help sometimes. Right. And then I love doing that. You know, if I can, if I can give you something and it helps you grow, cool. So I do need, I do need to talk more either online or uh, like you said, just, just haven't. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm in the same category as a lot of the artists who've been doing the market, but haven't come back yet. And the, the reason they tell me is that they just haven't been inspired to paint. They just can't mm. pick up a brush. Like, and I'll, let me I'm, help them. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is the time you should be creating. My theory is that this period of time will create some of the most amazing art because a lot of people are going into studio and you should not not be a part of that. That was a double negative, but yeah. That makes sense. It works. <laughs> so you think I've got a face for the camera? It's actually not it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The internet doesn't care who you are. They, you know, they don't. I think, um, if anything, people admire it because you become vulnerable. People are looking at us, and that's unsettling. You know, I've never... I was really shy growing up. Believe that. <laughs> but I was. No. Um but but I learned that when I wasn't shy, it got me what I wanted, which was opportunity and dialogue and all of the things that I've been looking. It brought me happiness to connect. And that's what it's about. It's not about, um, you know, how somebody thinks you look or how you think somebody thinks you're going to look. That doesn't matter. Actually, I'm not really that concerned about that because uh, yeah. – I wake up and walk out of my you know, house. <laughs> well, man, I have no know. idea what my hair looks like. <laughs> man, you, I've seen your hair out to here. So. Well, especially after fatherhood. I just freeze. I'm one of those freeze up in the, you know, when a camera comes on, guys. It's like, I'm fine. And all of a sudden, there's a red light on. I'm like. It's practice. Air. <laughs> the, the more you do it, um, I still get nervous. Like, you saw me try to get started for this podcast. It's like, I'm still thinking about it, but you just push through it. It's important, especially during COVID. (laughs) But you, you've been painting online. Like, do you still, do you still paint live on camera? Like what I do is I make time lapses. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't like the live thing because I just, I, um, like I want to connect with the people that get on there and then that just starts not working. Um, so what I do is I just make a lot of videos. I make sure to comment back. That's all marketing, you know, it's, it's no different than what you do in person. It's just taking people, taking care of people on another level. So I do like your videos, but I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do just for you at the next market. I will do a live or I'll record 
something. Actually, I need to talk to a few people and have them say hello to you. I think that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I'd love that. I'd love to right. see some familiar faces. Like, whenever I talk to anybody from Houston, it's it makes me happy. Uh, I do I do miss all, our, all my people there. <laughs> we talk about you a lot. Yeah, well, I hope that's good. <laughs> Never. That's good. Now we miss you, too. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you can uh, – I hope you can create something, you know, a community of artists in uh, Fort Worth also. Are you in Fort Worth? I'm in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. I'm in a place called Bedford, and then this is the Hearst U.S. Bedford area. So we're H-E-B. We're mid-cities. And so we are mid-cities artists, loud and proud. So cool. – yeah, it's it is cool. Like, uh, it was cool that I was able to make friends that quickly because it's only been four years, and that's that's uh, it seems like longer than that. But can you talk about the nonprofit you're working with? Is, uh, is Central that- Arts. It. Our mission we have four. The first is artist development, so that includes representation, creating shows, creating opportunities. And we start with that because that creates our leaders in the community. Second, it's affordable education to the community. The the city of Hearst gave us 2,800 square feet. That's our second location. We had, we're not open right now because it's, it's tricky. But when we had summer camp after school programs, all of those programs were $6 a kid. And if they couldn't afford that, we waived it. Um, there's also food programs included in that. And then um, third is community outreach. We go out into the community where it's needed. I've done a lot of work with uh, special needs kids. Just wherever... Somebody could use art, um, we are there. And then fourth is a belief that all of these things create economic development. So that's that's what Central Arts is. Um, I like it. That sounds yeah. exciting. Well, what's funny is uh, it just started because I was looking for a place to show. <laughs> I, the, my first show, I had a little table outside. Um, and, uh, Eventually, they let me in, and then I started to take over things. It's great. <laughs> I'm just a bully, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're always showing up at the right places, right, at the right time. You know, it. Uh, I don't know Sounds what that like is. It. I don't – I think it's that you draw – if you're searching for it, you draw the consciousness that you want. So, because, yeah, it's pretty weird. I don't know. But um, pretty much, I probably feel a little like you do with the things that came your way. I don't know. If if you're working for it, just keep your eye on, you know, don't worry about the details. Just keep plugging along and it'll it'll happen. That's how I see it. It's true. I mean... 
Leave the details right. to the universe. <laughs> All right, so I could pick your brain for days, so I hope you'll be back. Sure. And um, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's awesome, awesome to have a Mitch interview. <laughs> thank you so much. Hey, you tell me this is a conversation. Otherwise, I'd get nervous, right? Right. Well, it's not an interview. No. It's been fun. And it's kind of yeah. funny because uh, we actually haven't, haven't seen each other since you left Houston, I don't think. I think I called you once. And I was like, you were here, but I don't, I'm not sure if we saw, saw each other. So this is our first face-to-face no, in four years. Yeah. No, wow. I, haven't, I haven't seen you. I remember calling you to ask you about market advice because I was starting to um, create my own markets, create my own opportunities. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was, of course, nothing like first Saturday. There were markets, they would come and go. They were not prepared correctly. Right now so, in the Heights, in the height, Greater Heights area, there's like 18 markets. Wow. Most of them are, now they're almost all farmer and uh, vendor type, you know, but no art still. Hey, if, if you need advice for the art markets, call me. You never know what might uh, you might be able to pick out of my brain. I appreciate that. But I'm happy yeah. to help. I was taking notes, so, but yeah, for sure. Well, um, I will take you up on that. I appreciate that. So tell us where we can see this broadcast. Oh, um, well, I mean, they're probably already watching it, but we are on, <laughs> we are on, That's uh, right. uh, yeah, uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, that's where we can listen to it. The YouTube channel, artistbebop.com will take you straight to the, to okay. the, to the video versions. And then, but I post them on the Facebook fan page, Instagram, although I think we went over an hour, so it might not be on that one, but, but yeah, we're around. Tell us uh, where to find First Saturday Arts Market and whatever else you should be plugging. <laughs> well, I have a website called SaturdayArtMarkets.com. That's Saturday Arts Markets. Dot com and that that goes to the about page for First Saturday Arts Market and I have um, information on both markets and then my personal website is artvalet.com and basically I just have snippets and uh, takeouts from my articles that I write and then whatever else pops up that looks good I might put on there like April Murphy um, wrote a book and it's about you know. Awesome things overheard or people that heard uh, during COVID and or their thoughts about it. And it's fun. But so I posted that artvalet.com, saturdayartmarkets.com will take you to both art markets. Do you do uh, Instagram? And... Yeah. And they're all linked on there. So okay, that'll take you to everything. Art Valet, mm-hmm. you'll find Art Valet everywhere. That's my handle. There you go. <laughs> Well, I guess we All better right, say sir. goodnight to Martin DeVore one more time. The what now? We, better, we should say goodnight to... We should Rumble shout Dwarf. out Martin DeVore. Martin DeVore. 
I wonder if he's watching any of these. I wonder if he cares about me anymore. Martin, if you're out there, I care about you very much. I need to call him more. It's just, um, there's usually screaming toddlers around here. <laughs> if it went past his bedtime, we can call him now, but. True. But we don't want to. Thanks wait. so much for having me on the program. Yeah, man. All right, man. See you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Good night.